This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Urgel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. Coach's Wife Life is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit with the mission of providing support and research for medically fragile children. You can partner with the organization to make a difference for a child battling a critical illness by making a tax-deductible donation at rulerofhope.org. I am so excited to have Marissa Kenny today. Marissa is the wife of Sean Kenny, assistant baseball coach for the Georgia Bulldogs. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now let's talk some Georgia baseball. I found some stats out there that I really like to listen in case everyone's not fully updated on what's happened this past year. The Bulldogs posted one of the best regular seasons in school history in 2019, advancing to the semifinals of the SEC tournament, played host to another NCAA regional as a top eight national seed. This was the first time in school history that Georgia served as an NCAA host site, a national seed back-to-back seasons, It was only the third time for the program to make back-to-back NCAA regional appearances. When you hear that type of impact that your husband has helped to make on a program, what do you think are some of the things that Coach Kinney has done that's leading to so much success? I think one of the big things that he has done to, to help make all that happen is he's got great relationships with his players. We came in just two years ago, so we had a lot of existing players and I think the players, when you come into a new program, they're a little bit standoffish, not sure what to expect. And I think he does such a nice job with building relationships with the players and building the trust that that has a lot to do with how the program works. He always has just a strong, positive attitude. And, you know, he has a determined mindset. We're just, he's going to get it done. And he knows what it needs to happen to get it done. And, um, I just think he he's picked up things along the way from other programs that he's brought in and, and helped, I guess, mix into this program. And so, yeah, just the, the relationships that he builds with the players, I think, is a good start to helping the program and making an impact on the program is that trust that the players have in him as their coach. The pitching staff set school records for strikeouts in a season with 601 and opponents batting average of 200. That was the lowest in the Southeastern Conference. What can you attribute some of this success to? I mean, Georgia baseball is known for pitching. So I I think a lot of that is that he knows all sides of the game. You know, he's been a collegiate player. He's been in the minor leagues. He's been on the coaching side. I think it helps that he can see it from all standpoints. He knows, you know, the pressure that the pitchers are under while they're out on the mound. He knows what to say to them as a coach, and he knows how they're feeling as they're trying to, you know, carry their team through to a win. Now let's go back in time. Where did you grow up, and did you ever think you'd be watching, what, 60 baseball games in a year? I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. So I was a big baseball fan, actually, before I met Sean. And when you lived in Columbus, you either had to be a Cleveland Indians fan or a Cincinnati Reds fan. There was no pro team in Columbus. 
So I was a big Indians fan. I was a season ticket holder for the Indians. Um, And I was watching, I was always watching baseball on TV and I was going to probably 20 games in Cleveland at least every year. Um, So I've always really loved baseball. Did I ever think I would be watching it with such a personal connection um, where I have real emotions attached to it? I did not. <laughs> um, now, now this is my life, and uh, it's a little bit different when you're not just, you know, watching your favorite team out on the field under the lights. When you're watching your husband and these kids you consider to be family, it it really takes a, a different swing. Now, how did you meet Sean Kenny? So I met Sean through a mutual friend of ours. Um, I was actually nannying for one of his college buddies kids and his friend said to me you know I'd really like for you to meet my friend and um, we're going to take the kids up to Ann Arbor would you come with us so that you can watch the kids while we go out and I'm going to introduce you to my friend and I said uh you know I I I really don't want to do that and you know I was a single mom at the time and I think my son was only five or six years old and maybe a little bit older than that. So he finally broke me down and I agreed to go up and, and meet Sean. And we actually did not hit it off right away. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so we went our separate ways and time went by and we started to um, message back and forth on Facebook actually about baseball and I was asking how his season was, and he had just taken the job at University of Maryland, and we were sort of comparing baseball stories, um, and one thing sort of led to another, and now we are married. <laughs> wow. Now, you mentioned you have a son, right? Yes, he is 18. Does he enjoy baseball? He does. Now, when he started his freshman year in high school, he decided to pick up soccer, which he had never played before. And I thought, okay, well, you should probably try it. Um, I don't know if that'll work, picking it up your freshman year. Uh, He ended up playing varsity soccer his freshman year after never playing. Wow. After transitioning from baseball. Yeah. So I was really proud of him for that. But he kind of hung up the glove and and went with the soccer ball instead. So do you enjoy watching the soccer games as well? And you're a soccer mom, baseball wife. I'm pretty sure you spend like every day outside. You must have a good tan. I have a great tan, um, but also he played soccer in Ohio, so it was very, very cold. So we were usually bundled up. And quite honestly, I know nothing about soccer. And he would say, hey, did you see me in the backfield running da 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 And I'd say, oh, my gosh, yeah, I did. That was so good. <laughs> and I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> so, <laughs> baseball is really my sport. <laughs> now, do you work right now? I do work. I have my hands in a few things right now. I manage a physical therapy clinic here in Athens um, part-time, and so it's a really great job share situation where I work one week and another girl works the opposite week, and so I've got some downtime, except when I have my downtime, I'm working another job. I like a little retail job that I work, so I can get a discount on some workout clothes. And um, I have recently started doing some acting. Uh, Atlanta is 
you know, has a lot of filming opportunities in it. So I've been on the set of several different TV shows recently just wow. for something to do. Yeah. Nice. Can you drop some names on what you've been a part of? Yeah. Um, so last week I was on the set of The Resident and also the Dynasty remake. And I am going to be on Ozark later this week. And also I've worked with Tyler Perry a couple times. So it's pretty new and I like it. And it's definitely something to do while Sean's working 14 hours a day. So it gives me extra money and some entertainment too. That's fascinating. How did you get started in that? So I actually am a member of SAG because a long time ago I had done an international Wendy's commercial. And so I would get all of these notifications for castings and I never did anything with them. And when Aiden started his freshman year in college, he said, I'm so nervous and I just I'm having a meltdown a little bit about school and he was really worried about school. And I said, how about if I do one thing that makes me nervous and then we'll talk about how we got through it. And he was like, okay, well, I guess that's fine. And you know, college kids, everything you say, they don't think is stupid. (laughs) So (laughs) I said, this is what I'm going to do. I applied for this job on the Tyler Perry set and I thought, oh, I probably won't get it anyway. So I won't even have to worry about going back and and being nervous and telling him this story and I ended up getting the part in this um on the show the oval he's doing and um so I got to do it and it ended up being so much fun that I started looking for other opportunities to work and so now I've done about five different things in the last month and wow hopefully we'll get to do it more that's absolutely incredible yeah I mean, really what did fun. your son say when you came back? You're like, um, I'm kind of getting this acting career going. Was he impressed? Yeah. Well, he thought I was cool then. <laughs> then he thought I was cool. So <laughs> I'm sure if Sean King is not mind his wife as an actress, that's pretty fun. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's so good about, okay, do whatever you want. Sometimes I have some crazy ideas and he supports them and says, go for it. So yeah, he thinks it's pretty cool. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to ask some groupie questions. Do you mind? Okay. What's life like as an SEC baseball wife? Really no different than a Big Ten baseball wife or an ACC baseball wife. Your role, you have all the same duties with recruiting and sort of keeping the wheels on the bus at home. And um, I think it's a little more intense with the fans. I think the SEC fans are awesome. Um, they love their baseball and I appreciate that. Um, but you know, I, I try to keep my life somewhat separate from Sean's just so I can have some normalcy for myself. Um, you know, I love to work and I love to hustle and find different jobs to do. And uh, I always make sure I keep friends that are somewhat outside the sports world. I, I think that's refreshing to have people that don't want to talk about sports all the time or, you know, that's not all that's on their mind. They have, you know, different things they want to talk about and different things they want to run around and do. And so I I try to keep my personal life somewhat normal and not worry about, you know, the pressures, I guess, of what 
the idea of being an SEC baseball wife comes with. What's game day like for you? Do you try to go to as many as possible or do you have a certain amount? Hey, at the first of the season, I'm going to hit this, this one, and this one. No, I try to go to as many as possible. Now, towards the end of the season, I do start to burn out a little bit. Um, you know, we've got 60 games, but I do try to go to as many as possible. And sometimes it's just so I can lay eyes on my husband and remember what he looks like. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can go and say, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I haven't seen him in a while, and he's been here at work. And um, But I love it. I love the atmosphere, and I love getting to know the parents. And you hear Sean talk about the players so often that you sort of feel like they're your own kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's like going to one of Aiden's baseball games or one of Aiden's soccer games. Um, you know, I just want to be there for them and, and – cheer them on in the stands and watch Sean do do his magic out there on the field. I love to go to all the games as many as I can. Do you travel with the team or do you go to away games at all? I do. I do. I've put a lot of miles on my car. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I like to travel. I love to see all the different stadiums. It's nice to be on the road with the parents and you really get to know them that way. And, and they're part of our family. And I think that's important to build relationships with the families of the players not just the players. Uh, And that's sometimes during the season about the only time I can, you know, spend some time with him. We might be able to go to lunch on an away series. And, you know, I I like to do that just so I can get some time with him. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of my listeners are football wives. So if you would just help us out and kind of describe, because I could tell you the seasons of football very easily, you know, it's fall camp and all that stuff. And then you, I could move it into it. So tell me kind of what I had someone reach out to me and go, would you please interview some baseball wives? I said, okay, all right. (laughs) I need to find some baseball wives. Good. Hit me up on Twitter. Uh, But why don't you go through a typical year for us, kind of outlining what takes place in the baseball world during certain seasons from fall ball, winter, all that recruiting. Can you just kind of go through what a yearly schedule looks like? Yeah, definitely. So um, summer, constant recruiting. Um, There is just a small dead period and we try to sneak away for four day vacation and that's it. So as soon as we are done with any sort of postseason play, the coaches hit the road and don't come back. Wow. <laughs> I mean, they are gone for the entire summer. Um, when school starts, fall is, is pretty much, I guess, the most normal, like right now. He's home a lot at night. They're doing fall practice and, you know, some inner squads and scrimmages, exhibition games are coming up. Um, but the coaches are home every night. So I I think fall is my most favorite where that opposite of football, all the the football coaches and all the football wives are alone at this time of year. The baseball wives have our husbands this time of year. There's, you know, August through November where there are football games. We've got our recruits on campus during football Saturdays. And there's quite a bit of responsibility with recruiting um, we've got all the, the recruits coming in on Friday nights and we do dinners with them and then they're on campus with us all day on Saturday and, you know, we start with breakfast and we're touring them through the facilities and showing them, you know, all the 
great amenities we have to offer for them here at Georgia and um, we take them to the game. And then after the game, we usually do a dinner and get them back to the hotel or wherever they're staying. And Sunday morning, get up, have breakfast with them and then send them on their way. And then practice resumes. And so they're back at practice then on that Sunday. Um, so it's pretty nonstop right now. Um, I'd say our downtime is sort of after football's over, Thanksgiving through New Year's um, is baseball's downtime. Now Sean will do some camps in December and um, no recruiting in December really. Um, that's when we kind of try to travel and see our family. All of our family is all over the place, all over the United States. So that's when we try to to get our, our family time in. And then when the calendar hits January 1st, games, practice, workouts, travel with all the the away games, and we're right back in the cycle again. Wow. And your so. season runs all the way till roughly June, right? As you yeah. see baseball tournaments, like usually the first weekend in June, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Something roughly about around there. Yeah. So it goes June so, for sure. So many months in a row for sure. And it gets hotter so and months. hotter and hotter. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a neat, that's neat to hear it because it's pretty much flipped from football. Uh, definitely you have way more games um, yes. that you have to be a part of. Which sure. is good and bad. Right. Because, you know, it's, it's, if we lose one night, there's, a chance for win the next day. Sometimes play like four times a week. You'll have a weekend series and maybe a Tuesday yes. game or. Yes. Yeah. It, it's nonstop. Definitely. Now I think every coaching couple has times that are some of the best and ones you want to remember and some that you're like, gosh, this is hard. This is not an easy life moving all across the country. What do you think has been some of the toughest adversity you faced and what did you rely on to get through those moments? I would say the moving. And I know a lot of the wives say that, um, but that that's huge, you know, with the careers that our husbands have, you know, chose the moving is really, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and, and you get used to it, but at some point it's like, man, can we just put down roots here and just stay? Do you think it's changed you in any way at all? I think it has made me want to Marie Kondo everything in our house <laughs> and yes. get rid of everything. <laughs> I think it has made me not be such a pack rat. So that has Me been a too. good thing. Now, this is a really tough question to ask it every week, but I think it's important because um, we like to hear what other wives are out there doing and how they're coping with all this and mm-hmm. how they're helping their husband be successful and them be successful in their careers as well. So you've been a backbone to a successful coach. What do you think you've done that has contributed to the success of his career and your lives as a family? Without sounding like a pushover, I guess. I just, I'm really here to, to do what he needs done. Um, I just try to be as supportive as I can, even though there are times where I just don't want to be, I just, you know, don't want to move. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, go to this thing or show up at this place. And, um, you know, it, it, 
I just try to be supportive. And, and he says, you know, I need you to do this at home, this chore, what not needs done. And, um, you just sort of wear it for a while, um, to make sure that he's able to do what he needs to do. And maybe even, you know, put some things that I would want to do on the back burner so that he's able to, to be the front runner. And, and I'm okay with that. And that's sort of what you sign up for. And you know that, um, but yeah, I just, I just try to be supportive and not complain too much and hope that <laughs> he can see that I'm trying to be supportive, even when there's times where I'm gritting my teeth and, and really wanting to, I guess, go against the grain. I know, right? Sometimes I feel like I'll get it done, but he might hear about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, I shouldn't have said that, you know? And I'll interview different wives and I'm like, gosh, I could do better at that. You know, I, I just complained about it. I checked it off the list, but I just complained the whole time I did it. You know, I've, oh, I got to get better. Well, we're humans, not robots. Yes, I would right. say that. I'm not you're a robot. Right. I'm a human and I'm allowed to have emotions. You may not like it. I may not be acting at my best right now, but we're people too. <laughs> yes, you're right. You're right. What do you think is the toughest part about all this? Do you think it's the move or do you think it's being a job in the spotlight? What do you think it is? I think a little of both. Um, the moving, the job in the spotlight, you do at some point feel like you're under a microscope um, a little bit. And I've tried to pretend like none of that's happening and just try to live life as I would without worrying about, oh, who's watching this or who's listening to this? Because I always just feel like I'm trying to be at my best anyways. Um, but it, it is under the microscope. Um, I think having to attend a lot of things by myself, um, you know, we were in regional play when Aiden graduated. So, you know, Sean missed Aiden's graduation. It's like, man, you know, that really stinks. But again, you're out winning games and you're, you know, bringing home the the salary for the family and, and I get it and it has to be done. And But sometimes that that does stink. And I have a friend who refers to Sean as Snuffleupagus. She said, I'm certain he's not real. <laughs> he is your imaginary friend, Snuffleupagus. Um, and I said, I know it's, it's like he doesn't really exist, but I promise you that he does. And um, so people start to wonder like, really, does she have a husband? And people at work are like, it's weird. We've never seen your husband. Like, yeah, I know. I know. He's real though. He's I have real. a picture. It's real. Here's the wedding picture right there. Right. Exactly. Yep, that's him. That was the last time I saw him. <laughs> that's awesome. Now for you, you mentioned you were a single mom and then uh, now just kind of thrust into this whole world. Were there some things that kind of took you by surprise or just tough to kind of get used to for a bit? I think it was good that I was thrust into it. Um, it was a very different world from where I came from. I, I think the good thing about being a coach's wife and also being a single mom, you have to be very independent. Mm -hmm. um, I think coaches wives are some of the strongest ladies out there and we have to be so independent and figure things out on our own because our husbands are not home very often. Um, so I think being a single mom sort of gave me a lot of practice at figuring things out on my own. I just, had to make it work and it, there was no question on how it would get done. It just had to get done. And, and at the end of the day, you figure it out and it's 
sort of like being a coach's wife, mm-hmm. only with two incomes. <laughs> right. Now, are there a handful of things that you remind Coach Kenny of during those tough days? You know, he plays uh, coaches in four games a, a week a lot of the time. And, you know, sometimes you lose them or sometimes you lose a whole series in a weekend. Are there some things that you kind of speak to him and say, hey, to keep him encouraged and keep him going and get him ready for the next game? I do. He's so hard on himself. It's sort of hard to bring him out of a funk when he's in it. Um, but I, I kind of get the stats out and I say, look at, look at where you've come and, and look at this stat and, um, you know, look at, um, the ERA here, or, you know, what about this player that got drafted and he started out not being great either. And now he's, you know, in the majors and, you know, I just give him like these random facts that he's probably at some point, you know, said to me, and I'm just repeating him hoping like it'll click like man you're doing an awesome job look at your product your work product here that's coming out it's all on paper it all shows what a great job you're doing you just have to keep doing what you're doing and and there are going to be bad days and and I think he knows that but it, it is hard he's so hard on himself to sort of like bring him back to realistic level sometimes do you uh you know so much about baseball do you think it's helped you handle all this I mean you're just pulling out stats there ERA I'm impressed I'm impressed yeah I I love it I love it um yeah I'm sure it has because I think if I think if I had zero interest in baseball this would be a really boring life and I think it would be you know why are you at work so long and what are you doing and it would become sort of a source of contention like you would maybe you know have some I guess, bad feelings towards baseball if you didn't understand all of it. And, you know, that really was by pure coincidence that I really loved baseball before I even knew Sean. Yeah, that definitely helps. Do you all have traditions after a win? I mean, do you do anything the same way every time after you guys win? Any superstitions that you keep going? No superstitions. If we win a series on the weekend we will just sit at home and chill. I mean, during the season, we don't get a lot of at-home time. Mm -hmm. Um, When we moved to the South, we bought a house with a screen porch because Sean said, you're Southern now, so you have to have a screen porch. (laughs) And, you know, it was so cold in Ann Arbor. So we said, oh, we'd love to have a place to sit outside. So after the weekend series, we sit out on the porch and, you know, we'll usually watch a show or something and we just really kind of relax and melt into our own surroundings. And sometimes we just don't even talk. We Mm -hmm. just sit and chill and enjoy our silence if that's what it ends up being and just enjoy our home. I think that's when you're most comfortable and we actually don't even have to fill it with a bunch of words. You're just with each other. Yeah. What are some practical ways you enjoy reaching out to players and players' families? You mentioned that they've kind of become part of your family and sons. How do you connect with them to kind of show them they mean a lot to your family? So from the beginning, you know, when they've they've committed and we're still, you know, in that recruiting process toward the tail end, we really try to to build relationships with them and get to know them and their families as well. And um, once they come on a campus, we often have them over for dinner and I think they like being in our home. I think, you know, most of them 
have families that are further away so they couldn't just go home for a dinner on a weeknight and I think they like to come and hang out in our house and um you know we're we have dinner and you know Sean has a bunch of TVs so they come over and they watch anything with a ball on it right um, so many sports in our house and um they just they make themselves at home and I really love that too because that's how we get to know them is by having them in our home. And, you know, I try to do little special things for their birthdays, um, birthday cookies. And um, yeah, I just sort of started that. I decided that I should do that. Another one of the coaches wives that um, we used to be with at Michigan, she always did that for the players. And I thought, Oh, that was so nice that she did that. I'm going to start doing that. Um, And I think they really appreciate that. And I think, you know, once you know their families and you talk to them about their families and how's your mom, how's your dad? I I think they really appreciate that we're interested and and we do care about them and their parents aren't here and not that we could take the place of them, but, you know, I do want them to feel comfortable if if they would need something, you know, what I want them to feel that they could come to us and just say, Hey, you know, we need help or need to bounce an idea off of you. Or what do you think about this? Um, so we, you know, they mean a lot to us. They're our family and we really care about them and they can call us. They know, and they have at, you know, midnight to say, Oh man, you know, I'm really having a meltdown about this homework project or I had a class and didn't realize it and was supposed to be a practice tomorrow. And can you help me work this out? And I mean, we just we want them to know that they're really valued. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like the birthday cookie idea. That's really cool. Yeah, that was stolen. So I didn't think of that myself, but feel free to take it. Yes, I'm going to use it. Pay it forward. I like it. Okay, what do you think for some of the people that listen to the podcast who aren't coaches' wives? A lot of them are. But what do you think a task is that you've done that people may not realize would be the responsibility of a college baseball coach's wife? So we originally had this agreement that I would handle everything in the interior of the house and Sean would handle everything on the perimeter of the house. So all the landscape, all the yards, trash, all that. So Sean leaves for months at a time in the <laughs> summer. And um, this past summer, I really, really needed to get mulched down. And I said, are you ever coming home? Like, do you still live here? <laughs> um, and he's like, just call Emerson. So... I actually ended up calling Emerson Hancock and I said, look, Emerson, I know you have a truck. I really need your help. Is there any way you could meet me at Lowe's so we can load this mulch into the truck? I said, I just need your truck. I don't want you to load anything. And he said, oh, Miss Marissa, I'll help you. It's no problem. So uh, Emerson Hancock meets me at Lowe's. We load <laughs> up the truck. By the way, yes, starting a pitcher, Sean actually said, Do not let him pick anything up. And I said, Well, what about me? And he said, You're not my pitcher. And I said, Okay, noted. <laughs> I think he was kidding. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> so Emerson and I come back to the house, get all this mulch put down and laid out. And I just thought, You know what? I can't believe I'm doing like hauling pounds and pounds and pounds of mulch because I feel like this is sort of like Sean's responsibility. This is the perimeter. (laughs) Um, But it was like, it had to get done. I have to do this. It has to be done. And the yard was looking bad and I needed to, you know, 
have it looking nice before the neighbors call the HOA. And um, <laughs> so I teamed up with Emerson and he was so, so awesome to help me get all that to the house. And I was laying mulch down and it was like, oh, I don't think I should have to do this. But one of those tasks that, you know, husband's way, you have to make it happen. That is. I love that story. He just seems like an extremely genuine guy. He was instrumental in getting our story spread and sharing um, the love of Landry story, my daughter and the Georgia dog nation pouring into our lives. And um, just huge. My daughter, Landry, she's nonverbal. She's seven and she loves watching Georgia baseball. She, she technically can't talk, but she tells, uh, she cheers them on and she'll just stand there like two inches from the TV and clap. And then she tells Emerson that she says, love you, love you, love you. It's the cutest thing in the world. So. <laughs> I love that. I love so that. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll listen to this and he'll love that story too. He's yeah. such a sweet kid. Yes. A great group of guys you got over there. Okay. So do you get oh, any yeah. downtime? You have three jobs. Did I count three jobs? Do you do anything jobs, yeah. just for you? I mean, working I- sort of is for me. Okay. Um, I, I really like the hustle of it. I like to make the extra money. Um, that, that is my thing. I tried not to work for a little bit when we were in Ann Arbor, I was traveling back and forth, um, to keep Aiden's schedule consistent. And, um, I was in Ohio every other week. And so really nobody wanted to hire someone for every other week work. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) I got to the point where I was like, I have to find a job that has an office in Ann Arbor and also in Columbus, Ohio. And I did, I was able to do that so that I could work. Um, I think I've always worked. I've always had a couple jobs. Um, you know, when I, before I married John, when I was on my own with just Aiden, it was sort of a grind. And I guess I got used to doing that. And then I just really enjoy it. And I feel a little bit like I'm missing something if I am not constantly working. That's it. Work gives me joy, I guess. You're not idle. I can hear that. Definitely. You are yeah. <laughs> definitely making an impact in your sphere of influence. What do you think are ways that a coach's wife can add value to her husband's career? I think just to be there for him, to support him, um, keep things running smooth at home. Um, you know, just basically make his life easier. I mean, and as funny as that sounds, I I think you have to think of it the other way too. Like he makes my life so much easier than before I met him. And and I'm just so grateful for him. And I just want to return the favor and, and make sure he knows that, you know, he is valued. His job is valued. I appreciate everything that he does. And I just really try to help him along the way as much as I can so that, you know, things run smoothly at work and at home. What do you think are some of the most rewarding aspects to being a coach's wife? I think getting to build relationships and and it's becoming redundant. I've said it many times, but it really is, you know, to see the players that he has coached along the way um, and still stay in contact with those players and, um, just see the impact that he has had on their lives. I just love to see them grow. You know, you start with them when they're, you know, just young boys and then you see them grow and, and go through all the different channels and, 
you know, into the minors or into these great jobs that they've worked so hard to, to get a degree to do. And um, I just think that's probably the most rewarding to watch all of that unfold and to think, man, like, you know, we had a part in that and Sean had a big part in that. And just to really feel genuinely proud of the boys that you have met from just little, what seems to me tiny boys. I know they're not tiny, but 18 year old boys are even younger in the recruiting process to, you know, these mid twenties now men that have really succeeded and, and done so well. And you're just really genuinely proud. What's your all time favorite coach's wife memory? Has to be the first year that we were at Georgia. Um, so we already knew we were a regional team, which, um, you know, we were so excited about. And then we knew we were a regional host for postseason play. So we um, were all in the training room when they were going to announce all of the uh, national seeds. And we were right on the bubble. So we were all sort of like, oh, you know, gosh, it, it may not happen, but we're already regional team, regional host. And man, how cool would that be? if we were a national seed and the whole team was there and Aiden was there and um, some of the coaches' wives were there and all, you know, the players and coaches and all of the strength training, everybody affiliated with the team, the athletic director was there. And um, number eight was announced, popped up on the screen that we were the eighth national seed. We'd made it. Like we popped the bubble we were on the screen, everyone was screaming and jumping around and to watch the players who had worked so hard that year to get to that point, to be able to enjoy that with them mm-hmm. was amazing. It yes. was so cool. Very, very so cool. Rapid fire questions for you. Ready? Okay. Okay. What's the last book you've read? It was called The Coddling of the American Mind. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, I did like it. It was um, a lot about the academic culture on college campuses. Hmm. Um, Yeah, very good. The idea behind it is setting kids up for failure with good intentions but bad ideas. So it, it gives it from all different angles. It was really, really good. Fascinating. Okay. Coach surprises you, walks in the door with concert tickets. What would be printed on that ticket? Definitely Dave Matthews. Yes. He's a huge Dave Matthews fan. Love, love. Okay. Everyone huge. has a few things that might need replacing around the house. Apparently you don't, but what's the ugliest thing you own? So Sean and I have this argument. We have this giant metal spoon in our kitchen. It's like three feet long and he absolutely hates it and it's one of my favorite things and we bought it with gift certificates we got from the wedding and I said this is this is part of like our wedding gifts we have to keep this forever and he said it wasn't really a gift though we bought it ourselves and we can throw it in the trash ourselves (laughs) um but it's this great metal spoon it hangs above the door and I told him I don't feel at home unless we hang the spoon in every single house that we have and he wants me to throw it away. He hates it. <laughs> the metal spoon. I like it. The metal spoon. 
If you could have dinner with someone other than a family member, current or from history, who would that be? I would love to sit down with Jim Abbott. Jim Abbott. Okay, why? I would just like to talk to him about all of his success and how he got to where he ended up despite any challenges and how he navigated through all of that. Okay. I'd love to, to hear that side of it. Get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? I would binge watch Housewives of Anywhere in the World. <laughs> okay. Or the, or the new Dynasty show. Okay. Wait a minute. Are you on the new Dynasty show? I am. Shameless plug. No, I really do like it. <laughs> like, are you on, are you like one of the characters? Are you in the backdrop? What, what like, what do we need? How do we find Just this? in the, yeah, just in the background. I'll have to see if I can even see myself. I probably won't be able to. I need you to screenshot But it's a really good era. show. And yeah. Yeah. And then we'll tweet it out. You get some new yeah. cult, cult following here. Our coaches oh, no. lives will, will surround you with our love and be total. It'll be awesome. Yes. Support one of our own ladies. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite fast food restaurant? Wendy's, hands down. Wendy's. Uh, don't you love their french fries? Oh, so good. And when you dip them in the Frosties, so oh, good. Oh, I forget about that. Mm -hmm. mm. If your husband weren't a coach, what would he be? He thinks he would be a professional golfer. Um, but I honestly can't imagine him being anything other than a coach, but I guess I would have to say professional golfer. What sport can you beat Coach Kenny in? No sports. <laughs> I could not beat him at anything. <laughs> I've yeah. tried. I've tried everything from skee-ball to volleyball. Yeah. I could maybe like beat him in a cheerleading contest or something. Were you, but were you a cheerleader? Yeah. 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 In high school? But he still would probably win. Yes, in high school. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. If your family had a theme song, what would that be? It would have to be Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. <laughs> if you had a superpower, what would that be? I would be able to try on clothes just by looking at them and get them to fit perfectly. Oh, wow. See, no one said that on this podcast. That. Mm. I hate trying on clothes. Mm -hmm. That right there, that's power. Thank you so much, Marissa, for sharing with us. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I'm so honored that you asked me to be part of this podcast. Coach's Wife Life is brought to you by Ruler of Hope. Ruler of Hope is a nonprofit with the mission of providing support and research for medically fragile children. You can partner with the organization to make a difference for a child battling a critical illness by making a tax-deductible donation at rulerofhope.org. Make sure to subscribe to the Coach's Wife Live podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.